like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or get involved in the conversation on social media. Join the Pearl Jam Podcast community group on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at liveonfourlegspod. now welcome to live on four legs the definitive live pearl jam podcast and we have one out of the nine under our belt if you want to go the full year one out of 37 yes san diego may 3rd 2022 has happened the first show officially of the 2020 kick it on tour you kind of have to put it that way because how else are you gonna put it well we're gonna cover it all today We're not going to cover it all as in we're we're not doing a live on four legs episode, but we're going to cover all of the important points. And look, it's very tough because there were no uh, true official live feeds that went throughout the whole duration of the show last night. So there are little bits and pieces to take away. A couple things that went to YouTube this morning, a couple things that didn't. But we're going to place this together, piece it together, and kind of get the story and get the gist of it. Because, boy, were there stories. Were there ever stories. So, Randy Sobel here. John Farrar is there. Hello. What do you want to start with? I think there's an obvious place to start with this. Well, yeah, we, we started hearing around, it was probably, what, about 10.30 here on the East Coast. It was like, preset. Heads out for a preset. Here we go. And uh, and yeah, he came out before Josh, plural one, and played uh, an acoustic song. I'm not the kind of person that does like, see, I told you so, see, I told you so things, but I'm proud that I got that right. And And okay, there's a caveat to that. There is a caveat to that because I said it would happen at the Oakland shows. But hey, just predicting that it happens good enough, right? Yeah, I think it's... You know, it's been so long since they've had an opener, we just didn't know. But, you know, I from what from what I could tell, like the arena was definitely not full when Josh was playing. So caught yeah, a lot any, of people off guard. Yeah. So anything he can do, like if that if word gets around now that that's gonna happen, people are gonna be like, Oh shit, we need to get we need to get there early to see this. So it's him kind of doing Josh a favor to be like, Hey, I'm gonna do this to get you know, more people, more butts and seats to watch you perform. You know, he's that's the that's the impetus behind all of the presets going back to, you know, the early Blair days. Your Kenny, so. my morning jacket, exactly. Kings of Leon, everything yeah. like that. You're right, you're yeah. right. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see if it if he sticks to kind of the the current, you know, kind of songs that are in the rotation, you know, keep me in your heart is something he's been doing a lot lately. Um but we'll see if, you know, we we start to get your dead man's and your drifting start to slide in there a little bit. That'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah. I you know it's it's funny because I think when you got to think of the time period where he was doing that, he wasn't 
he didn't really have a solo career at that point. It was right before into the wild really kind of formed. So now he has three albums worth of material and he has kind of a whole live setup that he does with all different songs. And it feels like even dead man and Drifting for those shows were kind of left out a little bit. So those would be like real, real deep cuts. I'm thinking yeah. more like room at the top, that kind of stuff, sure. like uh society, uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I think dead man and drifting haven't been played since like what, 2006 or something, something crazy like that. that right. Would be, that would be something. I mean, I think the best that maybe you can hope for is throw your arms around me. I hope that'd be very cool. Right. But again, I, I think that now people know, you, you're right now that people know that this is happening. They will make sure they get into the season and who knows, maybe in like Phoenix or Oakland like that, he'll really pull out something special. If, if ever, if he looks out, maybe he'll say, all right, I have this song, which I play often. And I have this song, which I never play. If he looks out and see, sees that it's filled, maybe he decides, okay, I'm going to give him a treat tonight. You know what I mean? Well, you know, too. And I, you know, I'm going to put this out in the universe. What if it's a new song? Because we know that they're working on new songs. That would be maybe the spot that you get one. I think that you're on to something, and I hope that that's something that could be in the cards. I don't. You're gonna have, you know, you're gonna have less people pulling their phones out to record. I mean, we we haven't gotten a full video of "Keep Me in Your Heart," not that I know of, but right. Well, I mean, it'll once once they realize what he what he's doing, I think there'll be enough people pulling out their phone. And and honestly, at this point forward, that this is going to be a thing that people are going to get the get into the seats. Then I think that a lot of people are going to be prepared for that. So, no matter what what he's going to do, yeah. So yeah, that was that was interesting to to open it up, and then you know, of course, show happens. Show starts at like eight forty five local time Pacific, and they open up with oceans. I love all the times when we talk about a song kind of setting the tone for the night and kind of being able to tell the story of what's to come. And by God, if if oceans didn't do it on this, like this might be one of the best examples in the last handful of years of a song opening up a show to be able to kind of tell the story. And, and really it came full circle the whole entire, like, you know, I think it kind of blindsided a lot of people made people think like, okay, they're up for anything and anything can happen on this night. And we're not getting into doing more obvious things. So I was, I was blindsided in a very, very good way by it. And it fit the whole dynamic for what they were going for. Yeah, there's a couple of points here. The first thing that I thought of was like, okay, Oceans might get to 100 this year. <laughs> That's uh, That might be something. But two is I think they're they're just going to mix it up. I think even more than they have in the past. We saw that at See Here Now in Ohana that every show was different opener like where i think they're just going to mix it up you might get you might get a release you might get an oceans you might get a new song you might get something they'd never opened with so i just think they're they're at the point where there's like we've we've done all this stuff throughout the years we've we've kind of exhausted all these types of openers let's just mix it up and just just see what happens just throw i think it might be different every show we'll see yeah i i think that especially for this one, because now I think we, we really need to dig into what the actual theme of this show was. And Ed says something before going into Amongst the Waves, saying because of the location that we're in, 
we're choosing songs that have something to do with the ocean, even if they don't mention it in the words. Well, half of them were written, written in the ocean anyway. So that leads Still me no to no big wave, though. No, no big wave. And I trust me, I, I had a conversation with somebody about that this morning. I, it, I think that was like just the perfect setup for that. And, and it, it makes me wonder if because everywhere else, you know, be, you're not going to play a song that's really kind of centered around the ocean in Phoenix or something like that. Like it just I, I, I think that that's going to be like the first domino in this showing that the, that everything is going to be mixed, if you know what I mean, because I don't know if they're all going to have themes at all. I don't know if they're going to have themes at all, but honestly, like it, the cards are on the table here for the the old standards tried and true saying of anything could happen at the Pearl Jam show. Like that's the I mean, it's cliche I suppose at this point, but you know, I think we all kind of expected hey, maybe a Gigaton song would kind of open the show or maybe it would be like a, like Long Road which will come later, but you know, pulling this all in, and then I, I, I think that honestly, I don't want to bury any leads here. I don't want to like go in out uh, in set order because I think that the most important facet to get into after reading that quote from from what he said is, is to get into the Mamasan, if you know what I mean. I, I think that that's that's the that's the biggest takeaway from this show is is that that happened and yeah, where it happened was, too. That was a big surprise. Yeah. No covers at this show. They go in, you know, you get, you know, River Cross in the encore and then Footsteps. And you're like, okay, well, this is going to be leading into the bread and butter. And then it's like Footsteps into Once and everyone's like, hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah, they, they had not done this since 2011. Yeah. And I think it's it's the perfect time to bring something like this back. And I know that they're thinking hometown. I know that they're thinking that when there's a big return for a show like this. You have to give the fans something that is comfort food. And if that's not comfort food, if that's not the story of Pearl Jam in a nutshell, then I I don't know what else that they can do to completely satisfy them. Like they did. It's just perfect. You know, San Diego, go back to the whole story. Do we have to start from the start here and, and tell the whole story of Pearl Jam? We don't, right? He said he said it at the end. He's like, I just want to thank Jack Irons for for yeah. helping out and everything like that. But that that's that's key. Footsteps once alive in the other order, alive once footsteps. That is the key to how this all. Why we're here? Why you're listening to us? Why you're listening to them? That that's the key for all of it, and to see it happen where it initially happened. I don't think that this had been done in San Diego before. I I, like, I don't think so. At the, at the end of the tour, I'm, I'm wondering if this is still going to be considered the most important moment. Well, see, I mean, I think they're probably, and again, they're at the point in their career where they've got some distance from this stuff and they can appreciate it a little more from like a fan perspective. So I think you might even get like something cool like this at every show. Every show might have one little kind of nugget in there that only the like the hardcore people are going to realize. Like I wouldn't rule out getting the Man Trilogy again. Like you might get, you know, we, we've seen, you know, last year where they broke out Sweet Lou and Let Me Sleep. I think maybe once per show there's going to because like this we should talk about too. This is a shorter show. 
you know, lengthwise it was still long, but a lot of talking, only one encore, 24 songs. So I think they're going to be sprinkling in these little kind of hidden gems in every show. It's going to be really cool to see how it plays out. Well, I, I do want to kind of take that conversation and kind of work off of that a little bit here because, you know, every every single show that we do, and this is the, the, the formula that they've been working on for almost 30 years, and it seems like it took until now to really change it up. But every time, most of the time, that Oceans would be opened up, we'd be like, okay, now we're getting into Go. Now we're getting into Hell Hell. Now we're getting into Save You, Corduroy. And there was no... What we do on on the sh- on the podcast is we usually package all of those songs together, and because it, it's just all kind of blended into one. And then after those three or four songs really kick you off at the start, they'd say hello. But this is more every individual performance here is kind of standing on its own, which is very very interesting, especially for them. Where I don't want to say. You know, and, and this is, I, I never really thought about this until the festival shows from last year. I don't want to say that they, the intention for that was to just cram more and more songs in. But at the end of the day, where a show in 2013 would last for two hours, 45 minutes and be 30, 31 songs, what's the difference there? Talking. Well, they talked a lot in, in 2013. They absolutely yeah, talked a lot. Yeah, in and he even mentions that here. He's he's like, you know, I'm not going to talk this much the rest of the tour. It's just because we're oh, know, yeah. in San Diego. Right. He's got a lot to say. His his mom was there and, and right. Cameron's relatives were there. So it's an, it's important for so many reasons. And, you know, I, I think the first time they kind of sort of address that, like, yeah, this took a long time to to happen and they get a great standing ovation, but the show wasn't really about that. It wasn't their return to tour. It was about their return to a place that's special to them. So, but I, I also think that, that just because of, like I said, I don't want to call, call it cramming. I don't want to call it like cramming that whole section into one where it's all like the punk rock songs in the beginning that are just like two to three minute songs that get you in, get you out. And then yeah. you have like Lucan in the middle of a set that kind of counts as a song, even though it's just quick and quick. It, it's, it's a stat pattern in a way, whether, you know, whether yeah. or not you want to call it a stat pattern or not, if it's the same time length as another show but it has that one has 32 and the other one has 29 then that's that's your reason right there but i I, i'm i'm just wondering if that idea of the fast pace stuff is coming back or is this kind of an idea of the past no no nothing no fast songs here at all no and Corduroy would be the one, of course, but Corduroy, yeah. I don't even consider it's not in the same category as like Save You or 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 Animal and stuff like that. It's no, more not at all. because it's more of either the setup for it or it's the it, it's the one song that kind of brings you. Yeah, it's the transition it's the, out of it. The, yeah. Right, exactly. It's the one that that's like everything is building up until that moment. Right. So, but I, oh, this like since you mentioned it this corduroy is so fucking good though this might be my favorite performance of this night that i've seen so far like really he he does this little dark kind of ominous 
jam intro to it. That was cool. It's that was very, very good. Cool. The call and response is incredible. This crowd is on fire for Corduroy. And then the ending, it's got a really long extended mic solo that's unreal. Like, you guys need to go find this video and watch it. This Corduroy is one of the probably the best since they started doing, you know, the extended versions, I would say. This is my favorite version I've heard in a long time. Wow. I, I mean, that's that's saying a lot. Obviously, you know, you're you, you're not taking it back that far. So, you know, you're not adding in corduroys from 1998 or anything like that. Sure. So that it, it makes sense. But yeah, look, I, I definitely I think that's one that when you look at the set list and you're seeing like, OK, I just want to gravitate towards the gigaton stuff. I want to get the gigaton stuff in. You're like, OK, corduroy. Like, I want to listen to it, of course, but I think there was so much more to digest before getting into that, whether it's the stories or the the brand new songs or, or, or what. So I, I think I would need another minute to to really get that feel. But I think that the one for me at this show is one that they played once in Ohana. I believe it was either the first or the the first encore or the first night, the 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 weekend before encore. And when they played it, it I, I was really disappointed because I thought it was going to be this like epic performance and I thought that they were going to play it up big and it was just kind of like all right, we need to play it and and it's not really kind of putting on a show. It's it didn't get dramatic, but this River Cross was powerful. This is exactly, I think, what we were predicting for this song to be. And, you know, the video that's out there, if you look on YouTube, you'll see that it's mostly set on the big screen, on the video screen. And you see that close-up shot of Ed at the pump organ. And you can see how emotional he's getting and just, like, taking in all of the lyrics of what the song means and sort of, in your mind, kind of connecting it to what's going on in this current landscape and current environment. And then at the end, when it dissolves into the Ukrainian flag, you just, you lose it, man. You lose it. Like it was, it was exactly what we all wanted out of the song yeah. from the very, very yeah. beginning. Yeah. And the perfect spot for it, you know, right there in the middle of that encore after a big crowd moment with small town and better man to like to hit and you're leading into the mama San river crosses right before footsteps. And yeah, maybe, you know, one of the most powerful moments of the show. I, I, another powerful moment, of course, I think that we have to mention here is probably long road. Cause sure. you think, think about it. I think majority of people that kind of know what's going on in and out of Pearl jam and know, what the history of San Diego is would say long road would be the obvious opener, which they took the other route on that. So long road is the 10th song in middle of the set. And it, it's, it's been done before. I, I, I don't want to say it's never been done before. It's super, uh, uh, super, super rare, it, but it's, it is very rare. It's extremely rare, but I think it's, it's the story that all led into the performance that makes it and and even before that even the story that goes in his quick escape i think is all kind of attached to it and he gets real vulnerable about his brother and what you know we we covered that 2013 san diego show yeah. not long yeah. ago a couple weeks ago and that's really kind of firm in our mind because it was a big show there were a lot of 
you know, in in show storylines that were happening. And one of the big ones was was family. And his brother Chris was up in the lighting rig working spotlight. And I guess what we didn't know before last night was that that was the second to last time that Ed ever saw him. Wow. Yeah, I've not seen that clip. I'm gonna have to go find that. Yeah, Ed. Um, if if uh, you remember from the Howard Stern interview mm-hmm. and and onwards, because he's talked about it there, he's talked about it in the New York Times. Um, he his brother Chris passed away very tragically in um, a mountain climbing, mountain hiking, cliff cliff climbing accident. I'm not sure of what the exact activity was, but like completely tragic, tragic. And when we covered that a couple weeks ago and we realized that it was him that was up there working the spotlight, like, and then they play given a fly afterwards, which has of course uh, impact afterwards. It just like, I mean, all the emotional things that, that can happen to you at a show like this, like it just, uh, you know, I, I know that they were waiting for so long for, for this and even longer than pan- pandemic years you know, back to 2018 that they hadn't played a show. But geez, yeah. uh, you know, everything had some sort of impact emotionally for this. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's the first show back, you know, basically the first arena show back. And, you know, and there was, it was always going to be loaded with, with stuff like this and it was uh it it didn't disappoint i will say uh for those that didn't catch it he ed said that chris has a plaque and i don't know if if it's there i i would guess probably they they made it for the night that it was sitting there for the night but he has a plaque with his name there up uh by the rig that uh that he worked that night so i thought that that was just like again really emotional to kind of tie that in and i i had mentioned quick escape and what happened before quick escape and that's the moment where uh ed paid tribute to taylor hawkins and just had some really really wonderful things to say about him yeah that was cool it's something about you know you saw people's lights and he said oh you know all the lights in this crowd wouldn't live up to what that guy had inside him yeah it's just like of course you kind of you need to kind of weigh the emotional stuff within like the happy and positive stuff. And I, I think a lot of people kind of, you know, and this sort of came out of nowhere. And I wonder how far in advance, because you, you look at, look at the set list that came afterwards. There's no cross offs or anything at all. So this was really, to me, seems like it was really pre-planned. There was nothing changed on the fly or anything like that. So, when I th- see that, I, I, and a lot of people have been saying, how come they didn't react to Roe v. Wade yet? I think they wanted this to sort of be about their experience as much as possible. The Roe v. Wade stuff is coming. Uh, it's no sure. doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. And, you know, for the first night out, maybe it just wasn't the right time for it. Because I think that they just wanted to keep it to as much positivity, as much paying tribute to, to the people that they had lost and paying a tribute to the, the city as much as possible. That's just my take on it though. Yeah, definitely. And like, look at it too. Like this is the first show back. Look at the, the songs were played. Nothing from no code, nothing from binaural, nothing from right act. You got gigaton 10 vitality versus, and a lot of one-offs from, from different things. So that other stuff is coming, but they're just getting warmed up. 
Were you surprised that there was a backspacer and a lightning bolt song? Um, not really. I mean, those are those are recent. We didn't get, you know, we talked about it. You didn't get anything from Lightning Bolt last year, right? So it was, that stuff is due. But and it's the obvious pick too. It's not like yeah, it was yeah, let the records player swallowed whole. Sure, and I mean, I, I like the story before Lightning Bolt too, where he kind of talked about the the writing of it and everything. We got a little very cool insight into that, which is always cool at these. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see, you know, because he's you know they're getting older, they're letting their guard down a little bit, so. It'll be interesting to see what other little historical nuggets we get on this tour. Yeah, I, I hope many. And, yeah. you know, I, it seems like a lot of the more recent shows that we've covered, we've been able to kind of uncover some of those stories. I think there was a story about Porch that that we had talked about. There was, a, of course, the Evenflow story that happened at Safeco. But, yeah, the, the more that they get into this, and I think it's probably a lot of Ed just reminiscing and just wanting to share that with people because it's on his mind. Yeah, I, I, I obviously am well. Welcome to it, and obviously, just a reason for talking about all this stuff is is thanks to that. But um, what? A, let's. Uh, geez, what what else in the set list really kind of stuck out to you? Because I'm I'm looking at something here that should be like the the John moment in the set. So yeah, yeah, we've yeah, got we, a, There's a couple of uh, you know brand new things that happened, and. You know, when it got to daughter, you know, you're thinking of the daughter tag and you're going to be like, okay, it's going to be it's okay or it's going to be WMA or something like that. But it wasn't. They go uh, right into a few lines from In My Tree on the daughter tag. And I, I saw that pop up and I was like, whoa, okay. Which I don't know how I feel about it because if that's going to happen, does that mean they're not going to play the full song as much? Uh, Ooh, we'll have to, we'll have I to hate see. That. But, uh, yeah, that is was a debut, and then something something that's right up your alley when they they tagged satisfaction off of whoever said, which we haven't seen a video of yet. We haven't, and I'm going to tell you something crazy right now because I was on the forum. Somebody was talking about it on the forum, and that they said that the way that Ed was singing satisfaction was the way that Debo does it. Like oh, okay, I can't, can't kick it, no, like yep. kind of like yep. that, and so. I'm one, like obviously the way that Dave uh, Jantausch Live Footsteps org. If you're not using it, follow along for the whole tour. It's really really useful. He's updating at the minute and he has everything in. We're working together to do some great things over there. And I, I talked to him about it today. Like, do you name that a Rolling Stones cover or do you name it a Devo cover if they're doing the Devo song? And he's like, yeah. It, for most of what he has it will go back to the original artist that wrote it. So yeah, sure. of course he's going to yeah. say it's a Rolling Stone song, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's, that's super interesting that he added the little Devo throw in there, which I don't know how many other people would have caught. Oh yeah. That's, I can't wait to hear that. That's going to be the first thing I go to when this bootleg comes out. That's why th this is, that was probably the most disappointing thing that, uh, uh, that wasn't available for us today. What about the other Gigaton songs? Because look, you, you kind of got you, you got hit in the face with them very early on. After Oceans was Retrograde, Never Destination, then right after Corduroy, Dance of the Clairvoyance. What uh, you know, we obviously covered River Cross, which is just kind of in and of itself. But one of the Gigaton songs really kind of struck you with this. Oh, Retrograde, no doubt. Mm. Like the the power that the ending of Retrograde had was 
unbelievable. Like it had like a kind of a a breakdown kind of stomp to it. I really, really enjoyed that one. And like I like I said, we haven't I haven't seen all of them. I didn't see Super Blood Wolf Moon. Um I haven't seen River Cross yet. I'm gonna have to go check that out. Um but Retrograde was the one that stood out to me. Retrograde was incredibly powerful. And the song that I'm gonna compare it to here is Parting Ways. That ending. Like the way that Matt is just he's kind of on his own plane and while the rest of the band is just building off of what he's doing and just rising with that, like that's all, all of what they can do with parting ways live that they decided not to do. They've brought into retrograde, I think, because that is exactly the same identity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. Um, it, it only reminded me a little bit of like, you know, this is, this is high praise, but a little bit like an immortality or something. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's, it's funny because in immortality, that kind of aspect comes with more of an improv thing, but this is when you go back to the studio recording of the song, like this is firm in the song. Like the big part of kind of that ending structure is, is part of this. So yeah, it's, it's all very, it's all very interesting, but I think that absolutely retrograde is super important from this and super powerful. And honestly, like Dance of Clairvoyance is is worth mentioning here because, you know, I don't want to say that it wasn't tight at the festivals, but there was something in there that turned it from a fun live song to like a live song where they had to hit right on the nose. And I guess the reason why I say is because when you get sort of an arena atmosphere, sometimes some of those notes, they just... They soar better. They, you know, they're able to kind of travel a little bit. And yeah, outside, they're able to travel a little bit, too. I like how the ballpark area, again, like because everybody's elevated, I think that makes a huge difference more than a festival does. But yeah, I I, I really feel like some of the stuff that happened in in Dance of Clairvoyance was just on point and you were kind of able to feel the real power of what this performance was supposed to be. And I don't know if you noticed this at all, but it seemed like that ending where they're, they're continuing that loop. It seems like a, a very similar thing that Ed used to do with arc is, is done here where hmm. Ed will sing okay. something. And then I'm guessing it's probably Josh in the back that is, is taking it and, and putting it on loop. So yeah. all of the, you know, all the girls want to dance, uh, every, everything like that is kind of in the background while Ed can sing something else at the sure. moment. Yeah. That's going to be one to, to keep an eye on as the, as the year goes on and see if it kind of evolves and changes a little bit and how they play it. Cause it's got it's got potential. It's, it's it's one of the most unique songs in their catalog. It'll be interesting to see if they play around with it a little bit at all. Knowing what we know from this show, what where do you think the expectations are set for Friday and Saturday night? Oh, who knows? I mean, we're still we're still so early on. I would think uh, you're probably going to get about twenty five songs. You might get a few of the punk rock ones sprinkled in on night one. And then, yeah, I'm just, I mean, who knows? They At this point, they can break out anything. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just honestly, like, I'm looking at, like, 24 songs and the way that kind of the main set was just even, like, everything kind of had its moment. And I'm just sort of, 
I'm trying to think of what other songs can be added to this, and I'm trying to think of, you know, maybe what in the past would have worked that might not work. And I think they can make anything work as a part of this, but I, you know, it's it, it, now I'm intrigued because it just feels, it feels almost this one felt them- thematic in a way. And if all of these are going to have some sort of thematic uh, aspect to it, then how much of the catalog is in play? That's my question. That's my question for that. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be on a night by night basis. I mean, He's going to sit down and write these set lists and who knows, you know, we'll just have to, that, that's one of the, you know, that's, that's why we do the show. That's what keeps people coming back is like, what now on to the next one, what's the next one going to be like, it, you're always like looking for that next hit of like, oh, they did that. Like, I can't believe it. You know, that's what we're all, that's what we're all looking for. So I have a feeling we're going to get, we're going to get plenty of them. I, I have, I wouldn't even venture to guess what he's got up his sleeve for the rest of this tour. We'll just have to see. And I think that's what kind of, you know, this is just the very, very early onset of this. And uh, now the other eight shows, there's, there's a lot, there's almost like a lot riding on it because then now like they started off on a very, very high note. So, okay. The LA shows, it's weekend shows. It's not a Tuesday show anymore. Like what are they going to do to elevate what they did in San Diego? There's not a lot of these. So everything feels like it can be good if you know what I mean. Well, that was our reaction episode for San Diego. And look, we we said it on the last episode, the last full episode we did, that was Great Western Forum that came out yesterday. Definitely check that out if you are going to the LA shows and want something to kind of set you up for the hype and, and all that. Very, very good show. It's a vault show, obviously. And what we're doing from this point forward, this this one went out on, on all the platforms, and, and really because it's the first one, it's super important. It's going to stick in everybody's minds for a very, very long time, and, and we, we thought that this would be the best decision for this moment. However, the rest of the tour, this is going to be, the reaction episodes are going to be a Patreon-exclusive thing only, and that's because we had been promising our patrons for a very, very long time since the 2020 tour was about to start, that this was going to be one of the functions that we we give to them, that every every show we will have some sort of instant, quote-unquote, instant reaction. Obviously, this is out on Thursday, and the show happened on Tuesday, but it's West Coast time. There's It's really tough to have to react to that. But yeah, it's, it's all going to be over at Patreon, and if you're interested in that, then you can head on over to patreon.com slash live on four legs. Let me just explain that a lot of everything right now is being put into the show. It's being put into the website project and it's helping all this run, which is really, really important for right now because of all that we're doing with the concertpedia. Look, liveonfourlegs.com, keep it bookmarked because right away, the first, uh, this, this one with San Diego, you know, this, this went out at 930 in the morning. This was out right away. So if you're looking to wake up and get the story, you know, if if you didn't pay attention to the set list, if you didn't, you know, weren't able to stay up on the East Coast and and check out the some of the the streams that were kind of really difficult to find, then this will have everything to help you get back to speed. So please bookmark live on fourlegs.com and Honestly, it's again, it's going into everything that we put into the show. We have expenses for the tour that's really going to help out things like gas money, food, 
and the likes and also our documentary project that's happening starting in, in Sacramento and, and in Vegas, then a lot on the September dates, but that it's all going back into that. It's all going back into what we're doing and all the help is greatly appreciated. And also look, we're, we're giving you reaction episodes. We're giving you our best stuff over at the platform where, you know, if you're donating, you, you want something good in return. And it's not just, these reaction episodes that you'll get, but you'll get evolution episodes. You'll get bridge school stuff, like everything we've done in the past. There's almost a hundred episodes worth of content to go back in on. So look, it's everything is worth your dollar. What I will say is there's a bonus leg dollar tier. Join up $10 a year. That's all it's going to take. And, or if you want to do the dollar a month, you could do that and decide if this is all you want from it, then you can decide to to jump out at any time that you please. Look, we understand inflation's high, times are tight right now, we fully understand. But again, everything is going back to what we do for the show and we're, we're running rampant right now. So we can use all the help as humanly possible. Patreon.com slash live on four legs or go to the Patreon app and search live on four legs or liveonfourlegs.com and click the become a patron button that's all you got to do all right we will be back for los angeles and what we're going to end up doing is we're going to wait we're going to do night one and night two both together so that should be out to patreon next monday for the reaction so all right that's that's all i got to say any last word from you one down 36 to go Thank you.